Hello, this is Tamara from A Girl in the Middle, Titus to mentor and home educator, encouraging women to love God and to love well their home and family. It is, once again, Marriage Monday. I don't know how your Monday's going, but if any of the stereotype of Monday is true, pretty much has been here today. I hope maybe not the same for you. Today we are going to look at something I think we struggle with as women when we look into our marriage and we find ourselves frustrated, overwhelmed, discontented, or whatever. Pretty soon, actually pretty soon for sure, today is a month away from my 32nd wedding anniversary. So... God in his wisdom has given me 32 years of things that I can draw from to share with you. In that time, I've had the opportunity to talk to and listen to many, many women and I get text messages, phone calls, and emails from ladies just like you and me all across the country who are struggling and who want to have a listening ear and some wisdom from God, which we find in his word. Earlier today, as I was thinking about, what is it? What is it that is so frustrating? And I think early on in marriage and all the premarital counseling my husband and I did with young couples, one of the things we always wanted them to guard against was expectations. Because surely our expectations when we're getting ready to get married can be the unraveling of a marriage that would be built differently if founded on a more secure foundation. Then as I was thinking, the Lord was um, showing me how much of it is emotional with women, our emotional needs. Even through scripture, when we read what our husband should be, and we talked about this last week, it doesn't make our husband so. It also doesn't mean the Lord tells us to expect those things. God says to our husbands, this is what I want. If you're going to be a godly husband, these are the things that you will be for your wife. But it never, scripture never says to us as wives, This is what I need you to expect from your husband. And these are the demands you should make of him. And if not, all of the things you feel, your emotions that come up against a failed expectation are justified. See, we don't see that in scripture. But it's true that we have emotional needs. I have, an, I have more than one example, but I have uh, this couple example in my own mind. Actually, on two complete opposite spectrums, a young couple with several children, been together just a few years. And this older couple headed toward 60 years of marriage. There were some similarities when I thought about their emotional expectations. I listened to 
as I was doing some things around the house today, I put on Charles Stanley, and I loved how his message just locked in with where the Lord had me thinking and meditating about earlier in the morning in his word. And he was talking about, and he used the term, hand-me-down needs. And both of these couples, one, the husband had huge hand-me-down needs. The other couple, both of them, shattered and broken as children. But neither one of them depending on the Lord to help mend and heal. And so, as you can imagine, two completely broken people in relationships all of their lives, unwilling to seek the Lord together or singularly, that's a disaster in the making because only God can heal. The other couple, who'd been married well over 50 years, one of the spouses was completely shattered in childhood. But he was married to a woman who was willing and who lived to help heal all of those emotional handicaps, the hand-me-down needs. Things such as hurt, rejection, abandonment, never being told he was loved, abuse. Those are hardcore unmet needs for children, for even adults. He was married to a woman who met his hurt with abundance of kindness and sacrifice. Where he was rejected, she had nothing but acceptance. Where he was abandoned as a child, and the fear of that lingers even to this day, He was met with security in their home where he was unloved. He was loved lavishly in all the places where he was abused. He was coddled and welcomed. And you know what? He never accepted it. And that's where the rubber meets the road in healing. Maybe we're not married to a spouse that can do all of those things for us, but we do have a God who can. Maybe we do have a spouse who is all of those things but because of our depth of distrust in people, we build walls where our spouse wants to be kind. We lay a brick and another one, throw some mortar on. When he or she loves us sacrificially, some more bricks. When our deepest fears just peek in, We build, 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 build. Like those gophers in the streams. 
they just work, work, work to build dams, not realizing the damage they're causing. We have a choice whether we're the one with the unmet healing and we go around and around and around the merry-go-round of damage and hurt and pain, round and round. Or whether the, we're the person who sees that in our spouse and we try everything to undo it. And we realize we can't. So is this an impasse? Now one of us won't face or can't undo all of the handicaps of healing in our lives? Or is it opportunity? What is God's purpose in it all? Women, friends, if you are willing to look to the Lord, whether it be you see yourself in the hurt and rejection and abandonment, not being loved, abusive relationships, if you see yourself there, the hope is in what God's purpose is in your life. He didn't leave you, and he didn't give you a husband to pour salt in those wounds. That's not the purpose. Or maybe you're married to the person who feels all of those things, and in trying to help, maybe you do pour salt in the wounds, but not intentionally. The missing link here is the Lord. How can you let God heal from all of these things? How can you let God work in you to help your husband heal from all of these things? A lot of people who adopt children realize that this child has an attachment disorder. The feelings are deep and painful and it's hard and sometimes they just can't break through. Those children are living in a prison of their own pain in their minds because of what they've lived through. Marriage can be the same. We can find ourselves in a relationship just like the one we watched in our homes, right? Children who come from divorce homes sometimes marry right into homes and create the exact same atmosphere. We have to unlearn that. That isn't God's picture of marriage. But we have to know God. And when we do, we have to depend on Him. I think there's four things every one of us want out of our marriage. But they can line up right under the same umbrella of unmet expectations. We want trust. 
We want to be able to trust and we want to be trustworthy. Did you know that there's only one person in scripture that we are ever told to trust? Is it good to trust our husband? Is it good for a husband to trust his wife? Yeah. In Proverbs 31, remember, the husband does safely trust in his wife. That's good. It builds intimacy and security, a sure foundation, makes things easier. Yet, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Sometimes when we're looking for that trust or we're trying to sever broken trust, we hit a wall hard. We need to look back at Proverbs. We need to redirect our trust, redirect our understanding. It is the Lord who owns our trust and he is trustworthy. He won't fail us. We want to be loved. Sometimes we feel like we love, 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 love. We do everything for our husband to show him how much we love him. Maybe our husband is distracted. Maybe all those or some of those things we talked about um, from his childhood hand-me-downs are overtaking him. Maybe he's lost and doesn't even know the Lord. But we want to be loved. So now what do we do? We can turn to other things, shopping, eating, gossiping. We can turn to other people, girlfriends whose ears should not hear some of the things that we choose to say. Nobody should. And by the way, that doesn't mean that when you're, I, I think, Christian women need a place, a soft, safe place to talk through their marriage issues with another godly Christian woman in ways that honor the Lord. I'm talking about ways that don't honor the Lord. Those things are the ones that shouldn't be said. And all too often times, other men, whether that's online or in person. And those are not the ways that we are to meet the need to be loved. We go back to scripture again. 1 John 4.16 And we have come to know and believe the love of God. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God in him, or God in her. 
It is wonderful that we can build a relationship with our spouse and we can choose to love him and he can choose to love us. But ladies, there is no love outside of God. That's real love. That love is a love that is enough to meet every expectation that we would have of that emotional, spiritual void of wanting to be loved. God is able to meet that need. He is able to change our spouse to be the man that he wants him to be. Meanwhile, he loves us. He loves you. We want to feel safe. The world screams from the top of a woman's lung, strength, courage, independence. But a woman who is in a marriage that she wants to be all the Lord wants her to be and wants her husband to be all the Lord wants him to be, she wants to feel safe there. She wants to be strong and independent and courageous and she wants a place to feel safe. Men are strong, women are strong. We can be courageous in our own flesh or God can make us courageous. We can feel safe, our doors are locked. We live in a nice neighborhood. We can worry if we are safe. And we can long for that warm, comfortable hug of peace and safety. And when our husband is out there and we can list this and 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 and we can point to things that he is not. He is not. He is not around. He is not here. He isn't paying any attention. And we can one after another list the flaws that lead to insecurity and not feeling safe. And we can create in our mind another impasse to this marriage that the Lord has joined in us. Or we can look at his word again. Psalm 4, 8, I love this verse. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone, Lord. Our safe place is always and will always be in the Lord. 
We want to be happy. Remember? Remember when you first met your husband? I hope you were happy. Were you happy when you said yes, you would marry him? Were you happy when you were planning your wedding? My oldest son and his bride-to-be are planning their wedding. They are glowing. They are happy. And it's beautiful. Remember that 32-year thing, right? There have been a lot of crises in our marriage. That's a story for another time. I should say stories for another time. But there have been a lot of crises in our marriage. And they haven't always equaled happiness. And boy, if a Christian wife can't unravel a marriage faster than I'm not happy. Faster than those three words, I'm not happy. The influx of all the social media memes and most every woman that she talks to follows the thought, I'm not happy with, you deserve to be happy. This is not biblical wisdom. It is not godly advice. It is not biblical. Don't listen to her. You and I don't need to seek our happiness from our husband because he will fail us time and again, just like we fail the Lord time and again. We are human. We are people. We are sinful. We are broken. We will fail to be anybody's happiness. Psalm 1611. You have made me known. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You reveal the path of life to me in your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasures. If we want to be happy, if we want abundant joy, it's when we're in the presence of the Lord. From there, there's a whole bunch of other things we can, we can spin off of, and we will. Because in God's presence is where we need to be when we find ourselves overwhelmed with marriage. You remember, go back to the very first time when I have the disclaimer that holds true every time. I'm not talking about marriages where you are in danger. That is not what we're talking about. 
and that's a whole different story. It needs to be addressed. We're talking about times and marriages that are hard. And you know what? Those times can last for years and years and years. But they're not dangerous. They're hard. And God has a purpose for them in your life. If you want trust, if you if you want to to trust and be trusted, if you long for love, if you want to feel safe, if you want joy and happiness, you need more Jesus. Even in all of the struggles in your marriage, in all of the wrong that maybe your husband is living, and the sin that you are having to deal with coming from him, you and I can be so fulfilled in the person of Christ in our life. Step into his presence. More Jesus. More joy. More Jesus. True love. More Jesus. Comfort and safety and peace. He is trustworthy. Be encouraged, friends. All is not loss when we're dealing with things we have no control over. We just need to redirect ourselves and our hearts and our gaze. Pray for what we want. Pray for our husband to be the man God wants him to be. Pray for his salvation if he's lost. And turn more towards him. I'm happy to be with you here today, and I will see you next time on Marriage Monday. Have a good day, ladies.